or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. I'm excited to announce that you've all made MyPillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our percale bed sheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set. Queens, $35, Foles, $29, and twin size, just $25. I'm interrupted this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets and because of this i've been able to add more colors sizes and even prints and they're still at closeout prices so go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now use your promo code and you'll get my king size only 39 dollars a set queens 35 dollars full $29 and twin size just $25. Order now. Once they're gone, they're gone for good. And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome, I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. The day before yesterday, Marianne Trump Berry, uh, sister of President Donald Trump, passed away at age 86 from cancer. I knew Marianne Trump Berry and her late husband, John Berry. She was an extraordinarily fine woman, an excellent lawyer, a former assistant U.S. attorney, uh, and uh, a very respected judge. Uh, she was also a great intellect. Uh, I had a personal friendship with her uh, because, well, I helped persuade President Ronald Reagan to appoint Marianne Trump Berry to the bench. Uh, originally, while she aspired to a federal judgeship, uh, she did not want the assistance of her famous brother, who certainly could have helped. Uh, President Donald Trump was a major fundraiser uh, and donor for for President uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, but uh, the Secretary of Labor, Ray Donovan, uh, a resident of New Jersey, uh, had some strange notion that simply because he was in the Reagan cabinet uh, and because he was from New Jersey, that all of the New Jersey federal judicial appointments were really his to select. The system does not work that way. Uh, no individual becomes a federal judge without the approval of the two senators uh, who represent the given state, regardless of whether they are Republicans or Democrats, uh, as well as the Republican governor in this case, uh, Thomas H. Kane Sr., 
uh, the Republican state party chairman, Phil Kaltenbacher, uh, and the state attorney general, Erwin Kimmelman, all having some input. Uh, therefore, um, I was surprised to learn uh, that uh, based on the recommendation of uh, the late Ray Donovan, the first uh, cabinet secretary uh, in U.S. history to be indicted while a sitting cabinet member, but ultimately exonerated, um, had forwarded the name of uh, another man, Joe Rodriguez, for this judgeship. Uh, at the request of Donald Trump, um, I interceded uh, with uh, both um, Ed Meese at the Justice Department uh, and uh, the Reagan White House, uh, and the switch was made, uh, and Marianne Trump Barry was appointed to the federal judiciary, where she served with a distinction. Uh, Marianne Trump Barry, uh, a great woman, may she rest in peace. Uh, also happy to see that the House Republicans sent a referral uh, to the Justice Department regarding Michael Cohen. Now, Michael Cohen was never called in a wit as a witness in my trial. That's because he had no credibility. Michael Cohen did testify before Congress under oath, claiming falsely uh, that he overheard a conversation between me uh, and President Trump uh, on a speakerphone in Trump's office in which I predicted uh, the release of the WikiLeaks disclosures regarding Hillary Clinton. The problem is that Michael Cohen kept changing his story. He said this conversation, for which there was no phone record, at least Robert Mueller and the FBI could find no phone record, uh, took place uh, in July before the uh, Democratic convention. Then he changed his mind and said it was August uh, before the Republican convention. I can tell you exactly when it took place. Never. There was no such conversation. In fact, uh, the secretary, uh, who uh, he said uh, entered the room to say that I was on the phone, uh, whereupon he claimed Trump put me on the speaker, uh, had no memory of such conversation either. Uh, Michael Cohn is a convicted liar uh, and uh, was not brought as a witness at my trial, despite these claims. Uh, now the House Republicans. Uh, claim that there is a very specific contradiction between his sworn testimony in the House and his testimony in the circus trial uh, of Donald Trump in Manhattan, uh, where uh, a woman, Letitia James, heavily financed in her political career by George Soros uh, and thousands and thousands of what we call Smurf donations, those are essentially straw donors who either don't really exist or, in some cases, someone else gave repeatedly in their names, uh, are trying President Donald Trump uh, under a state law, which has been on the books for some time, but under, no, uh, under which no company or individual has ever been prosecuted. I learned today that the banks uh, who lent uh, the Trump Organization money all of whom got paid back with interest, uh, made $40 million uh, in uh, interest payments. That was a satisfactory business uh, arrangement in which they uh, used their own counsel and they used their own appraisers. This is one of the most egregious examples of, witch hunt, of a witch hunt 
that I have seen. Um, I would not hold my breath, of course, on the Biden Justice Department prosecuting Michael Cohn uh, for his lies. But everything he said about me repeatedly under oath is entirely false. Also shocking to me today uh, is the uh, statement by Nikki Haley that the first thing she would do as president is demand that everyone on social media uh, be verified uh, and that their own name uh, be supplied. In other words, there would be nobody allowed to be anonymous on social media. Uh, This is not only undemocratic, it's completely authoritarian. Uh, I see it as uh, Big Brother writ large. Uh, Does Nikki Haley not know that the founding fathers, uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, Ben Franklin, Thomas Paine, John Jay, and others, wrote some of our most important seminal documents? The Federalist Papers were written anonymously. Uh, This is uh, part and parcel of the authoritarian uh, Big Brother uh, government attitude of Nikki Haley. As far as I'm concerned, this eliminates uh, her viability uh, as a presidential candidate. Uh, Those are the things that are on the top of my mind. One other, uh, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina uh, left the race for president. His candidacy never really had uh, much impact. Uh, And uh, unfortunately, there's now a parlor game of trying to determine where his votes will go. Some believe that just because he's from South Carolina, his votes will go uh, to uh, Nikki Haley. I don't think that's accurate. Actually, he was at about 7% in the national polls, actually under 7 at 6.7%. His votes will scatter. Donald Trump will win some. Ron DeSantis might even win some. Nikki Haley will win some. Uh, But when Donald Trump maintains a 50-point lead, it doesn't make uh, any difference. Uh, Folks, it's not enough uh, to just elect Donald Trump. We have to have good men and women uh, in the U.S. Congress uh, who put America first. Uh, Consequently, uh, I was uh, very happy to see that Kay Granger, uh, who was a certified rhino from the 12th district, I believe it is, of Texas, uh, announced that she was not going to run again. And then late last night, I began reading with growing enthusiasm about the candidacy of a man named John O'Shea. John O'Shea seems to me to be the perfect America first candidate for this district. And John O'Shea joins us on the Stone Zone now. Hi, Roger. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. John, I really appreciate your being able to do this uh, at, at late notice. Uh, and I hope it is a, a boost to your campaign. Uh, you uh, have a very uh, American biography. Uh, you uh, obviously, uh, uh, based on what I've ever what I've seen, you uh, have uh, you're a graduate from Texas Christian University with uh, with a degree in finance as well as a degree in political science. Uh, you also have an MBA in finance and management. Uh, you, uh, you've had your own construction company. Uh, you've been in the banking industry. Uh, you're clearly typical uh, of Donald Trump. You're a business person, not a career politician. Uh, so tell uh, my uh, viewers why you elected 
to climb into this arena. Before you answer, let me say, I admire you enormously for having the courage to do so. Uh, it is really agreeing to live in a life bowl, to be subjected to uh, the political attacks and brickbats of the modern political system. But uh, tell folks why you decided to make this race. Sure. Well, I typically give a quote from uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the late German pastor who uh, gave his life trying to assassinate Adolf Hitler to end the war early. And that is when he said, silence in the face of evil is in itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And frankly, Roger, I just saw this country uh, in such a precarious situation. We're hanging by a thread. And if I didn't do everything I could to serve my country and try and restore us, I, I just don't know that I could live with myself, let alone meet my maker with a clear conscience. There were really kind of two seminal moments for me uh, that were great awakening, so to speak, over the last seven years. And the first was the candidacy of then-candidate Donald John Trump. You know, he told us that he could make America great again, that we didn't have to have this managed decline by our elite selling us out and making money hand over fist and doing so. And then when he won, and not only in spite of the Democrats, but in spite of Republican House and Senate leadership, thanks to Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, he set out and accomplished everything he said he was going to do, and he showed that it was possible. And the system had been raved against the average American working man and, and middle-class citizen. And that caused me to stop and think about the people I had supported previously that I realized had been part of the Uniparty. But then the second thing was as President Trump was delivering on all his promises and the country was flourishing, then we had the 2020 COVID lockdowns and the summer of love. And then that's when I came to the realization, too, that our, our oligarchs and betters feel like the Constitution is merely paper and that our God-given rights are theirs to dole out as they see fit. I used to call myself a conservative, but what is there left honestly to conserve when they can say that your business is non-essential, that you're not allowed to worship God in your, your church, your synagogue, that you know your kids can't go to school? And then as the, the whole matter progressed on, all of a sudden we realized even the, the very act of petitioning your government would label we end up having you labeled a domestic terrorist and on an FBI surveillance watch list. So, you know, I feel like there is a great need for a restore. And, you know, to your point, President Trump, God bless that man. He's the greatest patriot in the world today. He didn't have to do this, but he felt the calling to go restore this country. And when I prayed about it and what I could do to help after watching the 2020 election stolen, because I had tried to campaign and help President Trump get reelected, I realized there could be no more Paul Ryan situations in 2025. And I looked at the field and I looked at Congresswoman Granger, whom I was familiar with, and realized it was time to enter the arena that I didn't aspire to be a politician. In fact, I hope to consider myself more a servant, but my country needs me and I feel the calling. Uh, one of the things I really liked by looking at your website is the fact that you have term limited yourself. You've committed to serve only two terms. So you're not looking for a lifetime career in politics. You're not looking to become a uh, a charter member of the swamp. Uh, I think that the term limits uh, are incredibly popular with the American people, but these incumbent swamp Republicans and Democrats will never enact them uh, because uh, it, it becomes a sinecure for them. Uh, I've known men and women, good people, who went to Washington with good conservative principles, but they get involved in the money chase, 
they get involved in the two-year cycle of re-election, and before long, uh, they realize that the best way to get money to get re-elected is to go along to get along. Based on everything I've read about you, that doesn't describe you at all. Uh, And uh, do you think in this particular case, because I can't avoid the politics of it, do you think Kay Granger threw in the towel because she was going to get whooped? Uh, Or do you think she threw in the towel for some other reason? So I think it's a combination of things, but I think clearly my candidacy had something to do with it. Honestly, uh, back in April, before I filed, I asked to have lunch with her. And after repeated attempts, a mutual friend arranged for us to meet. And I felt like I showed her I I deserved, she deserved the respect and decency of me telling her face to face that I intended to run. At that time, she asked me to wait two more years. She had unfinished business, to which I told her that the country didn't have two more years. And that, frankly, I felt called to do it. And honestly, that was a higher power. So I know she was aware of me. I know she was aware of the polling. I know that her fundraising was dwindling, especially as she continued to make very unpopular decisions and votes. And then I think the final straw was when she lost her chief ally in Kevin McCarthy and realized that her chance for staying chairwoman of appropriations had gone from very slight to probably zero. And so I think at that point in time, she looked around, realized that if she were to get beat in a primary, she would lose her K Street lobbying value. And so she bowed out and in doing so tapped who she handpicked to be her successor. Uh, The fact that you're endorsed by Chuck Woolery also was something I really liked on your website. He's a, a good man, someone I admire. I consider him a friend. Um, folks, you can, uh, you're can you going to need to help out here because, well, running for Congress in any district in the United States is extraordinarily expensive. Uh, and, uh, well, John does not seem to be, to be the kind of guy who will be funded by the special interests, which means we, the rank-and-file citizens of the United States, the citizens of his district, the citizens of Texas, Uh, The citizens across America, you don't have to live in his district to send him a contribution. Uh, Let's uh, put that uh, uh, let's put that uh, information back up on the screen. Uh, John, what what will it cost you uh, soup to nuts to run for Congress in this district? Well, honestly, uh, as a first time candidate, I've had to rely on a lot on my campaign manager, who is a veteran of this. And he's estimated that it's going to probably take about three million dollars all in. Uh, $3 million, folks. There you see it, O'Shea for Texas.com. So get up off your duff now. Uh, go to that site. Uh, use uh, your credit card or mail a check if that's uh, your preference. But uh, when a patriot like this steps forward, they really need your support. Uh, the Trump movement, the grassroots movement uh, at, the, at the, the middle and low dollar level, we are the majority. Uh, there are no George Soroses coming in to write multi-million dollar checks uh, for uh, John uh, O'Shea uh, in his candidacy. Uh, other candidates in this race, uh, what does this primary look like? So, and this is a primary race. Um, this district is a, a R plus 12. In fact, this is the largest that will half the county of Tarrant is the western half is part of the district and then two-thirds of Parker County and Tarrant County is the largest red county left in the country it's the 15th largest county in the country so it typically does attract Democrat money 
There was another gentleman who was in the race, uh, filed actually first before anybody else, named Ryan Katala, who was a middle school principal. A very decent man. I, I met him and had lunch with him as well. And then just about a month ago, he reached out to me and said, you know, the more that he's watched and followed my campaign, that he didn't feel there was a need for him to run in order to be represented, that I would represent his values. So he has withdrawn from the race and is endorsing me. And then right after Kay stepped down, we had a state representative, a gentleman named Craig Goldman, file. Uh, we have a problem here in the Texas House in that even though Republicans control the majority in the House, the Democrats control the power. And that's because we have a speaker who unfortunately votes with the Democrats in a block to get elected speaker going back to the Republican caucus and saying, I only need 14 to 15 of you guys in order to be it. And if you want any kind of position or if you want to get any of your legislation through, you'll fall in behind me. As a result, we have a very conservative Senate here in Texas, but the House operates as a de facto Democratic controlled body. Uh, John, just a second here. We're going to go to a commercial break uh, and then sure. we'll be right. Back. I want to talk about the issues. I want to hear what's on the minds of Texans uh, as you campaign at the grassroots uh, at your district. So, folks, stay right there. Don't go anyplace. We'll be back with John O'Shea, a Republican candidate for Congress in Texas, uh, to talk about, well, what's on the minds of the voters. We'll be right back. My towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com I'm excited to announce that you've all made MyPillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our percale bed sheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set. Queens, $35, Foles, $29, and twin size, just $25. I'm interrupted. 
this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets. And because of this, I've been able to add more colors, sizes, and even prints. And they're still at closeout prices. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my king size, only $39 a set, queens $35, full $29, and twin size just $25. Order now. Once they're gone, they're gone for good. All right, folks, uh, please uh, remember to go to MyPillow and take advantage of those great specials that Mike Lindell just outlined for you. Uh, whether it is the MyPillow 2.0, the revolutionary new cooling pillow with a built-in cooling technology, or whether it is the closeout on the six-piece towel set, we talked about that a little later in the show, or whether it is the, uh, the waffle blankets, uh, the throw blankets, the men and women's moccasin slippers, the men and women's bathrobes. There are many, many great products at MyPillow.com. Uh, and when you use promo code STONE, uh, well, you fund this program, The Stone Zone. You help uh, Roger and Nidia Stone. Uh, and you help uh, Mike Lindell, the country's number one advocate for election integrity uh, and free speech in the country uh, in his own struggle with the deep state. So please go to MyPillow.com, and when you do, uh, well, use promo code STONE. We will be very, very grateful. Uh, we return now with John O'Shea running for Congress uh, in Texas. Uh, John, uh, your Attorney General Ken Paxson is a good friend of mine. Uh, I was very happy that he survived this bogus impeachment uh, assault on him, because I don't think he did anything wrong. What actually happened there? Can you explain this within the context of the Texas Republican Party? Sure. Well, as I was alluding to previously, unfortunately, our Texas House really operates as if it's Democrat controlled. And in fact, I've been friends with Ken for 20 years and I'm endorsed by Ken. And my campaign manager and I were actually having lunch with him a week before it was announced that there was actually an impeachment investigation that had been going on in secret since the congressional session started. And, and everybody was shocked. Nobody here knew what was going on. But then as we started to uncover things, we realized that they had this Texas House, through the speaker, Dade Phelan, had hired a woman from the Department of Justice and had been working with the Bushies to actually do the secret investigation where there was no new evidence, no witnesses under oath, and they just announced it right near the end of the congressional session and then held a four-hour hearing and then without actually providing the evidence or the documents or the testimony or anything else, just the investigator saying, take our word for it. We heard from the committee and then they put it to a vote. And unfortunately, we had a sizable portion of our Republican state reps that voted with the Democrats to impeach Ken Paxton the most beloved attorney general in the country who had just received 4.3 million votes the year before. And candidly, we were all shocked. And in fact, that's I've not seen the base or the grassroots this fired up. And as it turns out, the gentleman who now will be running against me was a state rep here in uh, the Fort Worth area, was one of the people who voted to impeach Kim Paxton. Uh, so this was really a, a uh, an establishment Bush plot to take out one of the finest attorney generals in the United States. 
Right. In, in conjunction, actually, with Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice, if you go look up Erin Epley, she literally went from the Department of Justice to head up this secret investigation that somehow miraculously she knew was there uh, in the same week. Uh, so the last time he ran for the Senate, uh, Ted Cruz had a, a surprisingly close race. Uh, thank God he defeated uh, Beto O'Rourke. I remember that night I was in Austin uh, with Alex Jones. I think he was going to be physically sick because it very briefly looked like Beto O'Rourke would win. Thank God that did not happen. Uh, then yep. subsequently, Governor Abbott won very, very handily. So it's a little hard for me in the in the macro to understand what's happening in Texas. Is Texas changing? Is Texas overall moving left, or is this the the impact of uh, of uh, uh, demographic changes in the state? Uh, what is the political complexion of Texas today? Well, I can tell you based on our polling, it's actually still a very conservative red state. It, what happens, though, is because, uh, well, as in fact, as, a, as Attorney General Ken Paxton said in a, a talk that he gave at one of my events, he said, look, you know, Tarrant, as Tarrant County goes, so goes Texas. If Texas falls, so does the country. So as a result, races such as Senator Cruz's attracts a lot of outside money. Now, mind you, we have had a lot of net migration coming into the state from states such as California. But what I can tell you is that with the majority of these people are coming, fleeing to a conservative-run state and seeking their individual freedoms and liberties and fleeing from authoritarianism. Now, you have some tech jobs that move down into Austin. You've had Houston become very deeply blue, and unfortunately, Dallas had turned blue. But look, their mayor just recently switched parties and announced that he's a Republican. And so I think, I think you're going to see, especially after the three years that we've endured, that there's going to be kind of a red pilling that takes place, even with some of the moderate and independents, as we start to see Texas go back to its conservative roots. Uh, do you see any uh, Republican presidential contender uh, actually uh, waging a viable challenge to Donald Trump uh, in, uh, in the Lone Star State? So, no, let me be very clear. I am 100% Trump robust. I, A, he is the man who has shown he's ha he has the intestinal fortitude and the good judgment to do what this country needs to get back on track and restore our Constitution and our God-given rights. And B, he is clearly the presumptive nominee. I don't understand why the RNC is wasting time, money, and resources on some people who are racing right now for second place. This is a Trump robust you know, Republican primary, it's very clear the base wants President Trump. And I'm sorry that there are some wealthy never Trumpers who are going to continue to throw in money. And the RNC doesn't have the good sense to just go ahead and pull the plug and put their forces behind President Trump. But no, Texas here, he is the clear presumptive nominee. Uh, I'm, I'm in a complete uh, agreement uh, with your analysis. The famous poet Carl Sandburg once observed that Texans are a blend of valor and swagger. Uh, it is very clear from my interview today and everything I've read about him that John O'Shea is a freedom-loving, independent-thinking, America-first Republican uh, who has uh, a, really a boot-wearing, gun-toting, proud-to-be-a-Texan believer in the U.S. Constitution. Folks, running for Congress, uh, when you come from the world of business, is an enormous sacrifice. This is a 
This is an all-consuming endeavor of getting elected to Congress. Uh, John was prepared to challenge an incumbent. That's always tough. Uh, now she's thrown in the towel. Uh, I believe he's going to Congress. I think he's going to emerge as one of the true leaders. But folks, please go to O'SheaForTexas.com. We have it right up there on the screen for you, O'SheaForTexas.com, and make the most generous contribution you possibly can. Uh, John O'Shea, thank you so much for joining us uh, at late notice right here in the Stone Zone. No, thank you so much, Roger. It was a pleasure, and I appreciate the invitation. Uh, all right. Thank you. Uh, so that was John O'Shea. Uh, he's going to Congress. I have no doubt about it. Uh, and uh, we were privileged to get him. I was so impressed on it, about everything I read about him because, as well, you can see he's not a career politician. Uh, and having seen the personal sacrifices uh, in Donald Trump's life, I, I understand uh, how all-consuming, how how uh, how uh, overwhelming uh, a race for Congress is. It's very clear that John O'Shea is not interested in becoming a career politician. It's the congressional candidate who voluntarily term limits themselves before they've even been elected to the first term. Uh, that is someone who is truly putting the country first. So we thank John O'Shea for joining us, uh, and we urge you to make a contribution to his campaign. Uh, all right, we are going to go to a finish uh, segment we began yesterday. We call this Ask Stone. Uh, you can ask us by sending a picture in uh, a question in Rumble live chat. You can also uh, send a question by email by going to askstone at stonezone.com. Uh, but uh, generally speaking, no question uh, is, uh, is off the table. Uh, if you're going to send uh, obscenities or insults, please, please don't bother. Uh, we're just going to ignore you. Uh, here is uh, our picking up from yesterday's grab bag of questions. Robert from Atlanta, Georgia says, do you believe uh, the New York City Mayor Eric Adams is being persecuted politically because he publicly criticized Joe Biden's immigration policies? First of all, let's uh, make sure everybody understands what has transpired. Uh, Eric Adams, in his first term as the Democratic mayor of New York City, uh, has grappled with uh, a, uh, an illegal migrant influx into New York City uh, that is unfathomable. 139,500 migrants have come to New York City's uh, social services system since spring of 2022. Uh, there are currently 65,000 illegal migrants, uh, illegal immigrants uh, in taxpayer-funded housing. Uh, there are 2,800 migrants who arrived in New York City just last week. Uh, the city has spent $2 billion from their budget uh, so far just in this fiscal year to pay for the social services for this uh, influx of illegals. Uh, initially, both uh, Governor Kathy Hochul uh, and uh, Mayor Eric Adams said that they uh, were proud to be a sanctuary city, uh, and they welcomed uh, these illegals uh, with open arms. Uh, that is uh, no longer the case. 
uh, Eric Adams has uh, offered some mild criticism of the Biden administration, but frankly, I reject the idea that he's been targeted by the FBI, who raided the home of his top fundraising consultant uh, two weeks ago, uh, and more recently uh, actually confronted the mayor on the street to to seize his cell phones, uh, and my sources tell me other electronic devices. The allegations against Mayor Eric Adams, the swagger mayor, as he sometimes is called, uh, is that uh, uh, Turkish money, money from Turkey, uh, was laundered through a construction company in Brooklyn, New York, uh, and donated to the mayor's campaign, where under New York's system, there's an eight to one public match, meaning uh, for the first, I think it is $200 of the donation, gets matched times eight from the public treasury. Uh, I want to stress that that uh, Eric Adams has not been indicted. He's not been formally charged with any crime yet. Uh, he says he is cooperating with the investigation. Uh, but what I find really odd, we now know, uh, is that hours before the FBI stormed the home of his chief uh, political consulting, a woman named Brianna Suggs, uh, that a a unit from the NYPD went by her apartment for a wellness check. To me, that sounds like she was given the heads up. She was about to be raided. Uh, And then we learned uh, that a tactical team that specializes uh, in uh, in surveillance also visited her home uh, just hours before the bust. Was that, I ask a question, was that for the purposes of finding out whether uh, she was under FBI surveillance uh, to figure out what the FBI may or may not have known? I don't think this is a politically motivated uh, investigation. Uh, that's because there was an earlier straw donation in which six people associated with Mayor Adams, were accused of making fake donations, which ultimately uh, got matched. Uh, And uh, I believe that this investigation uh, grew out of wiretaps uh, in that case, a case that in this case did not hit the mayor directly. In any event, um, uh, uh, I do think uh, that Mayor Adams is in deep, deep legal and political trouble, uh, but this is just an opinion. Uh, I reject the idea uh, that he's been targeted by the Biden administration solely uh, because he was uh, a critic uh, at some point of the immigration policies. Uh, let me also point, he also uh, heartily uh, has uh, uh, endorsed the reelection of Joe Biden. So, um, Robert, uh, thank you very much for your question. Carlos from Baja, California says, uh, my grandson has just gotten a job with a law firm, but I am critical of the way he dresses. What are the basic wardrobe requirements for a young man just starting out uh, in business? I've actually written a couple of pieces about that. First of all, it's important to recognize that one does not have to be wealthy or even uh, uh, well-to-do to be well-dressed. First and foremost, it is important for uh, a young man to uh, buy quality garments uh, and take good care of them. Uh, In the long term, paying a little more in the short term will pay off 
in the long term. Uh, many uh, men's garments today, uh, sports jackets, blazers, suits, you think they're sewed together, but they're actually fused together. In other words, they are glued together. Well, the problem with that is that once uh, a men's suit or, say, uh, a blazer uh, or a sports jacket uh, is subjected to dry cleaning, uh, the heat uh, from that process plus the harsh chemicals begin to break down the fabric. That's why you see uh, a suit uh, sometimes having bubbles. So you want uh, garments uh, that are hand-sewn or even machine-sewn. A great resource that I like uh, is Etsy.com. That's E-T-S-Y, Etsy.com, uh, where very high quality used, or in some cases, uh, old stock uh, unused documents, uh, doc, uh, garments, pardon me, uh, can be bought um, literally at uh, inexpensive uh, prices. Uh, so I urge folks to uh, understand that uh, you need a couple basics. For a young man starting, what did you say, uh, at a law firm, uh, I think you need uh, one uh, solid blue, navy blue suit, uh, one solid uh, uh, dark gray or medium gray two-piece suit. Uh, you need uh, two pairs of high-quality khaki slacks. Bill's khakis is a specific brand that I recommend uh, for uh, the young man on the move. Uh, you also perhaps need a navy blazer, can be uh, two-button or three-button, uh, will always be uh, in good taste. Uh, one wants uh, to buy things uh, that are all wool or all cotton. You want to avoid synthetic fibers. Uh, the one exception to that is in your hosiery, in your socks. Uh, it is uh, that slight blend of synthetics that provides the elastic that keeps your socks up. The worst thing for any gentleman, uh, young, middle-aged, or old, are uh, droopy socks. You want to avoid Elliot Spitzer-style uh, droopy socks. Uh, I also think you need all-cotton uh, shirts, uh, the type that I'm wearing. This is called a Windsor collar. Uh, may be a little extreme for some. Uh, the original button-down collar, which was originally called a polo collar, uh, was introduced actually by Brooks Brothers uh, back in the 1920s uh, and is always uh, in good taste. Uh, again, I think you want to avoid uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, those that are designed, what they call stay press, that you never have to iron. Uh, don't be cheap. Take your uh, shirts uh, to a uh, quality laundry, a quality uh, dry cleaner. Uh, you need two or three uh, high-quality, I prefer rep stripe ties, regimental stripe ties. Um, a man is always judged by the condition of his shoes. You probably need a, uh, for casual wear with your khakis and your blazer, perhaps a pair of penny loafers, Weijin still is the brand that makes the best penny loafer, but the traditional penny loafer, uh, you need a pair of lace-up shoes to wear with a suit. Now, uh, the more casual uh, uh, loafers do not go with a suit, uh, and the more formal lace-up or uh, wingtips or 
what they call brogues, uh, do not go uh, with uh, a blazer and khaki slacks. Um, I'm also for coordination. Uh, don't wear a brown belt and brown shoes uh, and black shoes. Don't use uh, wear a black belt and brown shoes. Uh, but uh, if you stick to those kind of Ivy League basics, uh, you will always look good. The nice thing, uh, of course, about a navy blazer is you can dress up a pair of blue jeans and a all cotton button down shirt or a or a polo shirt for a less formal look. Uh, but the blazer uh, with a pair of gray slacks, perhaps the solid gray slacks from your two-piece suit, um, always makes uh, a uh, a strong impression. Again, uh, by quality to begin with, uh, I think most of these things can be found online. Uh, some of the more traditional purveyors, uh, Brooks Brothers, uh, 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 Joseph Banks, and so on, uh, are not the reliable providers uh, that they once were. So I urge you to do some online shopping. Uh, if you go to stonezone.com, my website, uh, and go to uh, Roger's blog, I have two, I think maybe three, excellent pieces written that outlines the basic wardrobe for the young man on his way up. So uh, you can see I love talking about this. Uh, and I hope that information um, has been uh, somewhat useful to you. When you go to stonezone.com, uh, well, a box will pop up that allows you to subscribe, uh, and I ask you to do that. First of all, it is absolutely free, uh, and we bring you every week uh, uh, an email that will give you access to uh, the latest videos, uh, the latest uh, uh, editions of my WABC New York uh, radio show, uh, the latest news pieces uh, that I curate from other sources. Uh, sometimes I see important stories uh, online that never seem to make the mainstream news. So we strongly recommend StoneZone.com. Uh, but when you go to StoneZone.com, be sure to visit uh, the store. When you go to the store, you can get um, my books, Stone's Rules, with a uh, an introduction by Tucker Carlson. These are the things I have learned in a 40-year career uh, in American politics in the arena. You can also get my book, uh, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case uh, Against uh, LBJ, uh, which is a New York Times bestseller, uh, in which um, I'll be discussing quite a bit. Uh, on the upcoming November 22nd uh, anniversary of the murder of John F. Kennedy. Uh, in this book, uh, I make the case that LBJ headed a, uh, I hate to use this word, but I will, conspiracy that, yes, included the CIA, uh, the Secret Service, uh, the FBI, uh, Big Texas Oil, uh, and organized crime, uh, and that Lyndon Johnson had a unique interest uh, but all those institutions had an individual motive for the murder of President John F. Kennedy. Uh, you can also get that book by going to themanwhokilledkennedy.com, themanwhokilledkennedy.com, uh, or you can go to the, uh, to the store at stonezone.com. Uh, but if you are interested in this particular uh, area of history, 
uh, well, Oliver Stone told me it was the best book he had written, read on the uh, on the Kennedy assassination. So uh, I recommend it to you. Um, I think we have to go uh, to a break here momentarily. How much time do we have, gentlemen? We're we're on the break. Oh, okay. So here we go. We'll be right back. I'm excited to announce that you've all made MyPillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our percale bed sheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set. Queens, $35, Fulls, $29, and twin size, just $25. I'm interrupted this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets and because of this i've been able to add more colors sizes and even prints and they're still at closeout prices so go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now use your promo code and you'll get my king size only 39 dollars a set queens 35 dollars full $29 and twin size just $25. Order now. Once they're gone, they're gone for good. All right. Uh, I'm Roger Stone. We are back on the Stone Zone. Uh, please, uh, folks, uh, listen to Mike Lindell. We're very grateful to him for his sponsorship here uh, by going to uh, mypillow.com uh, and using promo code STONE. Uh, you can also dial 1 800. 5448939 that's 1-800-544-8939 uh to uh place your orders uh you really help us enormously uh when you do your christmas shopping uh on mypillow.com many many great products there for you to check out uh let's go back to our questions we have a little bit of time left uh arnold and Hialeah, Florida, asks me, uh, I see that you are a big supporter of Malay in Argentina. What do you think about him? I must say I'm extremely uh, intrigued uh, with, uh, with Malay. Uh, he, is, uh, he is a dog named Milton Friedman. I talk about being a free market capitalist. Uh, he loves uh, American rock and roll, uh, and he loves uh, free markets. I think he has an excellent chance uh, to win Argentina's upcoming election. Argentina, uh, unlike uh, Brazil, uh, uses all paper ballots. I take some solace uh, in that. Uh, so uh, I, I will be uh, paying close attention to the Argentine election, which is uh, this next coming Sunday, I am told. Um, I thought the debates uh, went extraordinarily well. The crowds that he is drawing uh, are, uh, are really impressive. So I am praying uh, for uh, a, a Malay victory. Uh, thank you uh, so much for your question. Uh, Gregory from St. Louis wants to know, what do you think of the attacks on Donald Trump in the last 48 hours comparing him to Hitler? Uh, this is really extraordinary. I saw Jen Psaki, uh, the second worst pre White House press secretary in American history, after the one who's in there now, uh, saying that if Donald Trump is elected president, he will weaponize the judicial system against his political enemies. Uh, he will uh, he will have law enforcement. Off, in her case, I think she said have the military attack 
uh, his uh, political opponents uh, or attack those who seek to protest uh, and uh, that he would uh, deport, uh, he would have concentration camps uh, and likely deport uh, millions of illegals. Uh, this is what they call uh, Alinsky's rule. Saul Alinsky, the far left ideologue, who said, always accuse your opponent of that which you yourself are actually doing. Uh, and that is the situation. Donald Trump finds himself under unprecedented political attack uh, by a weaponized justice system. Uh, his, uh, his supporters are being harassed by law enforcement, whether they are parents concerned about the uh, curriculum being taught to their children in public schools, or whether they are uh, supporters of the Latin mass within the Catholic Church, uh, or whether they are pro-life. We've seen an unprecedented attack uh, by uh, the FBI on these people. Uh, President Dwight Eisenhower successfully deported uh, 1.6 million illegals. Uh, Donald Trump would have no choice if he wants to save this country to send those who entered the country illegally back to their country of origin. If Eisenhower can do it, Trump could do it. Uh, so uh, those who say Trump is a threat to democracy, wait a minute, they're the ones who are censoring us. That's anti-democratic. They are the ones who are surveilling us without warrants. Uh, they tell us, don't worry, there's only 278,000 down from a previous 3.4 million. Well, that's uh, still too many. Uh, they are the ones who target people for their religious or political beliefs, uh, but uh, where there's no evidence of uh, advocating uh, violence. Uh, they are the ones who seek uh, mask and, uh, uh, and vaccination mandates uh, in violation, I would argue, of the Constitution. Uh, they are the ones who seek to lock up their political opponents. Who is it who is the threat to democracy? I would argue that Joe Biden and the Democrats are the great threat to American democracy. They have perverted democracy uh, and our constitutional freedoms are ebbing away, folks. Uh, do you, this is Richard from Garland, Texas, says, do you think Donald Trump's trial in Washington, D.C.? should be televised. Absolutely. It's interesting that early on, the special counsel said, uh, implied, I guess, that they favored uh, television. Now uh, they want to mug and lynch Donald Trump uh, in secret. I think it is vitally important that his trial be publicly broadcast on TV. I, I don't have much hope that that will actually happen. Uh, but I, I hope uh, that I am wrong. Let's see. Um, here is a question. Um, I was listening to your radio show on WABC, uh, and you gave your mother's recipe for meatballs. Could we hear it again? All right, folks, very quickly, grab a pencil and paper. I'm going to read this for you. Uh, first, uh, well, uh, I'm being told we don't have enough time. So if you want my mother's meatball recipe, you're going to have to dial in to the Stone Zone tomorrow, uh, where you will get. Uh, the greatest single meatball recipe of all time, a long-held family secret uh, in uh, my mother's family. Until then, I'm Roger Stone. This is the Stone Zone. Call in for the meatball recipe tomorrow, and I will have it for you at the top of the show.
My towels solve the problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com